Hi there, you're listening to the Speak On It podcast, a program facilitated by Youth Advisory Board members of the Steve Fund. The Steve Fund is one of the leading nonprofit organizations in the United States that promotes the emotional and mental health of students of color. The goal of this podcast is to create a space for students and professionals alike to come together to discuss a plethora of topics relating to mental health and the challenges that Black, Indigenous, and people of color may face during their academic and professional careers. Before we begin our conversation, we would like to leave a disclaimer that this podcast cannot and should not substitute a mental health provider. If you or a loved one need help, please reach out to your primary care provider or the Steve Fund Crisis Hotline, which you can access by texting Steve to 741-741. Thank you and enjoy. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Speak On It podcast. For this episode, we will be talking about whether or not life is linear. So we'll start off with introductions. So, Jay. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Jay. My pronouns are he, him, his. um, And I am the current chair for the Youth Advisory Board for the Steve Fund. My name is Kaylin Huang, and I am a junior in high school. I live in the Bay Area in California, and I really enjoy running marathons. (laughs) Danny. Hi everyone, I'm Danny. I'm taking a gap year currently between high school and college. I'm a member of the Steve Funds YAB and I also enjoy running and singing. And we have two podcast panelists today and the first one is LaTanya. Good afternoon. Uh, formerly Dr. LaTanya Reese Miles, but everyone calls me LT. Happy to be here today. I'm currently the executive director of first year experience at UCLA and I also manage a Facebook group called Empowering First Generation College Students. Today I'm happy to be wearing a Flash t-shirt, one of my favorite shows and favorite superheroes. And Michael? Hi, uh, really happy to be here. Uh, My name is Michael. Um, I am a doctor by training and I've been working in the digital health, specifically mental health and behavioral health space for a bit. Um, I'm the founder of a nonprofit called Project Zini, uh, which focuses on wellness in adolescents and young adults. Um, And very excited to be here. Awesome. So to start off our conversation, I guess, like, in terms of, like, life is not linear, and for students especially who are kind of dealing with their career paths or, like, their futures in general, um, one of the things that we discussed previously in our pre-chat was, you know, having these conversations with, like, parents and family members um, by extension. So um, I guess we can start with Michael on, like, some of your... Um, suggestions on like how do we or how do students in general like gain an understanding with the parents and have these conversations properly with them that's a big topic to start with (laughs) um i think that these conversations um i think the number one insight i've had is um understanding that it takes time to understand both perspectives. So it will take time for your parents to understand where you're coming from. And it will take time for you to understand where your parents are coming from, because there's a lot of info exchange that needs to happen. And for me coming from a first generation immigrant family, there's a lot of family history that I didn't find out until I was like 30. Right. And so a lot of those things inform how your parents feel about your career choices and your life choices. And especially if they've risked everything to come to a new country, there's a expectation of, you know, stability and like doing well off of what they've built for you. 
Um, so I think the number, the couple things that I think about are um, honesty and sort of being, uh, leaning into like giving, giving your parents um, just information along the way to help them understand that you have a plan or you're thinking it through. That's always really helped for me. They may not get it and your goal shouldn't be to convince them, but your goal should be initially to be like, hey, I'm thinking actively about it. Here are the people that I'm talking to. Here's the plan I'm hashing out. Here are the downsides. Here are the upsides. And you'll find out more of that information along the way. And I think just knowing that it will take time for you know family to really come around to supporting you because um, you also want to figure out what their goals are. So like with my parents, they really just wanted stability for me, right? And for them, stability were, were these like, you know, kind of stereotypical professions. I, I say stereotypical in like a kind way, right? Like being a doctor, being a lawyer, being an engineer, whatnot. These are really great professions, but they're also what immigrant parents think of as success. And for them, that, were, that meant stability. That meant I was going to be safe. I was going to be happy. I was going to be able to have a family and support a family. And I think over time, just sort of showing that there are other ways to accomplish that as well. Um, not to say I'm like defying it just to defy it, but like there's other interests I want to do that can get me there as well. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. And you'll, you'll learn more along the way and you'll have difficult conversations, but you just have to commit to being able to come back to your parents. And sometimes your parents don't lean in as much as you want to. And you're just, you'll have to figure out how to navigate that. That's, there's no silver bullet for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I really love how like the conversation of like honesty, cause I've, I think I've spoken on this on like a different panel that I was on about like during the time of like COVID and like um, social distancing, quarantining with my parents. Um, I've had the opportunity to really have a lot of like transparency with them and like have discussions regarding my future and career paths. Um, and I think that's something that I was very hesitant about doing because of these like preconceived like ideas that I've had in the past where they, they've been constantly like nagging at me and like, what are you doing? Why aren't you doing this, et cetera, et cetera. And then finally having like sitting down with them and having a conversation and be like, full transparency. These are my plans. Some of them are kind of like TBD. I honestly don't know what's happening with that portion of it. But at least for this, this and this, I have everything planned. And it was kind of interesting to watch like them like relax a little bit afterwards. Because I think for them, they were like very like high tense. And they're like, what is happening with Jay? Like, what is he doing with his life? And I'm like, low key, I don't really know what I'm doing with my life too right now. Um, but like, you know, like having those conversations really like, or like, okay, like he kind of has a plan. We'll let him be, we'll probably check in on him in like a week or so and start nagging about him about this like pre prepared plan that he like proposed. Um, but yeah, like I really enjoyed that conversation. <laughs> Anyone else? Thoughts? Uh, sure. I, I can jump in and just speak up on behalf of folks whose parents or families may not may not be as involved in um, their their career choices and so um, so for whatever reason either because the family like is true in, in my case were just like hey you got this or because the, the parents and families may just be absent um, in that decision making so although I would say my response is kind of similar so if your parents and family um, are um, sort of leaving it up to you, I still think it's important to do what Michael mentioned, which is to still be proactive and reach out and just keep them up to date about what it is, even if 
even if their response is like, okay, cool, <laughs> or just very little involvement, um, I just want to acknowledge that not everyone has a, come from the same family dynamics or has the same parent and family situation. Um, so in that case, then you may be um, uh, leaning on a support group outside of your um, blood relatives and all of that is valid. Uh, Latanya, I like how you mentioned the different family dynamics because I know personally it's not always easy to talk about um, like our career goals like within my family uh, to my parents like between my siblings and I and so often we are faced with the uh, well usually whenever we do talk to our parents like the main focus is usually about careers and like expectations that they provide on us and so it's always like a confusing time because we don't really talk to them other than that and so my siblings and I, we always find like, we're like, okay, well, they want us to do one thing, but they don't really know what else we're doing in our lives. So for instance, my parents, they don't know that I'm doing a podcast and they don't know the other um, platforms on which I speak on or any other organizations. So whenever I do see them, they just think like, oh, like, what is she doing? Like, I don't think she's doing anything except for just staying in her room, just chilling, you know, what a lazy child. And like, I don't know. I just never really feel open to talking about what I do in my life to them. So I guess to other people out there with like similar situations, I mean, I guess it's okay to not always share everything with your parents as long as you have a group, like you said, outside the family dynamic to talk to. Yeah, and kind of expanding on like having a group outside of the family, like more geared towards like my personal like chosen family. Um, I have found it very reaffirming because like a lot of us are like first gens um having like ambitions for like professional school and other career paths that our um, parents may not have had like certain opportunities um and so it's kind of like reaffirming to have conversations that like they aren't going down these like traditional paths that are like preset or like we kind of have where it's like you go into undergrad four years and then after like immediately after undergrad you go into medical school and immediately after medical school you do like residency and et cetera, et cetera. We're all kind of like taking little like sabbaticals in between and um, finding our own like things that like fulfill us and then like going through our paths. So it's really comforting um, to know that you're not alone in regards to that. Um, but I don't know if like Danny, cause I know you mentioned you're taking a sabbatical if like you have similar um, like friend groups or um, social networks that like have helped you through that as well. Well, it was funny cause my mom was a like, she was, I guess, wanted me to do a gap year even more than I wanted to do a gap year at first. And then when I ended up getting a gap year, um, then I kind of, like, had no choice. Because the school that I got into was like, yeah, you can come, but, like, next year. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, which I'm actually really grateful for because I feel like I've grown a lot. I worked. I had a bunch of different jobs. I traveled with a group called Up With People. And normally they travel to, like, three to five countries. And they have the show that pretty much like spreads positivity. They also do like some community service and you're with people from all over the world. So definitely you become more of a global citizen. And I think going to a small high school with like 54 girls in a class, like I just, it was like very eye opening for me. And I met a lot of cool people and I'm like glad I had that experience, but I can definitely see why parents wouldn't want their kids to do gap years because they might be afraid they won't return to school or they might, be too happy. Well, it was funny because I saw a TED talk where a guy was like, do you think, like, they're going to probably, if that, if they're earning, I guess, like, 
funds for, or if they're fundraising for something they want to do during their gap year, they're probably not going to want to work uh, for minimum wage for the rest of their life if they don't have to. But I mean, there is always that fear. <laughs> um, yeah, she kind of like my mom had that like vision and then everyone else kind of like bought into it and they're like, okay, cool. And then people who do like internships, there are some other people in my class. One girl worked on a presidential campaign and then she went and she worked for this like cosmetic company in Paris for a little bit. So, I mean, you can gain a lot of experience and just like learning from the real world is so different from learning in a classroom and it can like help you connect with your, what you actually want to do for the rest of your life because you don't really get to practice that when you're in school. So I think gap years are really good for that too. I think that's like really amazing that your mom's like on your team in terms of like talking with other people and like having these conversations about like, no, like Danny can and should take a gap year if she wants and this is why. So like, were you, I guess like for listeners who may be interested in like proposing this to their parents or having the conversation, like what were some of like the things that your mom like mentioned that was like, yes, that's like a good key like highlight that I want to like emphasize? Um, well, I would definitely recommend the Gap Year Association website. So we found up with, three, up with people on that website. So there are a bunch of different programs that are affiliated with them and they like endorse the programs. So, you know, it's a reputable program. So they have a lot of statistics on there about like people who take gap years. I think they, I would have to double check, but they end up sticking with, I think, sticking with certain things longer or they end up having more focus. I think they have a higher grade point average or something when they come back because they're just more focused. Like they kind of understand the purpose a little bit more, like, and how that relates to them. And I guess it's interesting because we're talking about parents and wanting to go to school and a lot of it's for our family like we feel like we have a responsibility to them as well as to ourselves but when you take a gap year like you get to kind of understand I guess what you want to do for you and like it kind of gives you a clearer mind around that so then when you approach conversations with your parents about what you want to do with your life like I guess you have already made up your mind a little bit more or it might have opened your mind maybe you get to bring more to the table I think too and they might feel like okay they're more prepared but to even let your child take a gap year in the first place I think that whole idea is not very common at least in the United States so to even get to that point I think your parents would have to be pretty open-minded but I think at the end of the day like they parents who really see like there's something to gain because at the end of the day they have to be able to give you the green light to do that but I think um letting them know that it's not going to make you lose focus if anything you'll gain focus I think or just like you fulfilled your responsibilities by attending kindergarten through 12th grade and now you just want a year off to like be able to explore your different interests. And um, I mean, if you have like an internship lined up, that doesn't hurt or like a job or you know where you wanna go. We're gonna have coming on soon my cousin Raya who took a gap year. She traveled Europe with her friends for a few months and I guess she pretty much organized it. She raised all the funds. I think being kind of like, um, I guess a little bit of, not a self-starter, but just like organizing that for herself so her parents didn't have to put in as much effort. I think that's a big thing too, being prepared. But if you can't do it before college, it's not the last opportunity either. Like you can take a semester off or you can take some time off between college and a job to travel. I think just traveling in general is really great. Um, a lot of people that I've met are big, really into traveling and they have some incredible experiences and they make friends from all over the world and you have more of a global network. And yeah, just heightening your awareness of what's going on in the world is like really important, I think. So, yeah. One thing I want to add real quickly is, um, I know we've talked about gap years, I think exactly what Danny said. Um, very, I feel like very few times in life will you get a whole year. 
to do this type of exploration, right? Time is really hard to come by. And I don't think you should always have to frame it as like a gap year. There's all sorts of experimentation and time off or side things that you can do along the way. And not everyone has the privilege to be able to say, I'm going to take a year away from before I enter college or during college or after college or during grad school. So the more you start to look at opportunities as mini gaps, maybe even where you're able to like meet other groups or uh, pursue passions and do things besides like, you know, it's one thing to do a gap year because you think these experiences will lead to a direct route, right? Like I need to do this internship, then this internship, then this internship. There are also ways to take advantage of time off where you're like, um, I'm not really following a formula here. I'm really trying to explore uh, a passion or something I care about and understand how I do that better. Those are two different things in my mind, right? And so just, just sort of, you know, reinforcing, it doesn't have to be a full year and it doesn't have to be a significant amount of time. You can do these things in short amounts of time. Yeah, I, just, I also wanted to piggyback off something that Danny said. I think it could be um, very anxiety inducing if you're um, making a decision about what to do with the rest of your life, because um, typically you aren't doing that. Um, increasingly, especially now in the 21st century, we're not seeing people who pick one job and stay in that field until they retire. That's not likely at all, actually. And so that may help ease some concerns if you're not planning your whole life at this time. And I know we're about to get into that, but I, I didn't want to miss an opportunity to bring that up, that more than likely you'll do something for a couple of years and then you move on to something else. And I think it's helpful to think of it that way. For me personally, it's, I've been able to gain some clarity on what I want to study, but also I have not made any like yeah, no, none of my decisions are set in stone at this point. And yeah, just exploring, like that's really valuable in itself. Like you don't have to, I mean, that's what college is for also, just like getting to explore even more. So I think taking a gap year, it's, it's productive, but it's exactly like not, maybe it's not a straight line. Maybe it's not just like 12th grade gap year at college and you like have the same idea of what you're gonna do the whole time, but you might just be growing in all these different directions. It's like a tree. Blossom. <laughs> um, so speaking about gap years and I guess like with your experience, uh, uh, experiences dealing with like first generation students, Latanya, um, like how have these conversations gone like through your own personal experience or like what you've heard from like other coworkers? Yeah, typically the gap year conversation doesn't come up with two things that tend to come to mind. One is the major choice and selection and it's related in the sense of people um, uh, thinking that your major and your career are directly correlated to one another. And in some cases there are, and again, increasingly it's not, um, that you'll see that employers really want people who have good th uh, critical thinking skills, good writing skills, who are adaptable and flexible. And that's usually not tied to any specific major um, at all. And so my rule of thumb is often to tell students to think of, oops, um, to uh, consider your major as who you are in a moment, not necessarily who you want to be because that's likely to change. And I think this conversation, the second point is this, this conversation is especially relevant right now because some people feel like it's a forced gap year or a forced time off. Like there are folks who may be completing their degrees, whether, um, well, completing a degree or completing high school and not feeling like they're able to take the next step that they have wanted to. So it's still a good opportunity to think about different kind of options that one can do and um, 
whether it's creating a, a podcast or um, or just some other thing to explore. I, I on the other hand, I don't I don't really encourage people to um, to do things in order to stay busy. I don't. In other words, uh, I think people are feeling like, oh, I have to create some new skill set because I want to. I want people's mental health to come first. And so, if you're a place when you're able to do that awesome but if you're really feeling scared or nervous or anxious um, making sure that you are having some of your basic needs met before you go on and think about what other projects you feel like can enhance your resume or your college applications or things like that but um, so to recap I would say um, same thing with regard to like major choice it, it helps to speak to people who are informed about what it is that you're considering. So talking to an advisor, to talking to someone who's in that field, doing an informational interview. Like this is a great time to do that, actually, to reach out to folks maybe on LinkedIn or someone you think is doing something really cool. And all you're doing is asking, how did you get there? Um, not necessarily because you have to follow the same path, but in order to hear that there's typically more than one way to do something. Yeah, and as a side note, I really love how you're emphasizing like you don't necessarily need to take this time to like be productive because I know for me, like, I guess just due to like my parents and their pressures and my own internal like pressures as well, like I'm always like, I need to do this, 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 and this. And for a really long time, I kept doing that and my mental health was like deteriorating. And at one point I was extremely burnt out. Like even though I was in a situation where I'm like, this is what I want to do with my career, due to like a lot of the mental strain and just exhaustion with everything and being pulled all sorts of ways, I was just like, I'm miserable. Like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. And unfortunately, um, it was, it, it was like a twofold thing. Like one, like it was a loss of an opportunity because like I could have learned, definitely learned a lot more from there. But on the flip side, it was also like a learned opportunity where I'm like, this is a prime example of like, you need to take some time off to relax, to recuperate before going ahead and like rushing through with everything. So yeah, I really love that point. Well, I'll, I'll just say thank you for that, Jay, but I don't think this is the time to prove a point, right? <laughs> like I'm gonna work my hardest and get straight A's right now. If you do, that's great. But like realizing that this is literally a global pandemic. This isn't, some somehow people are feeling like they, um, um, are like I said, having something to prove or or things like that. But we're all going through something, and I don't think uh, folks need to feel compelled to um, sort of outdo anyone, outpace anyone. You're not likely at your best right now. Very, I mean, some people might be, but um, you don't know what their situation <laughs> was before. You don't know the factors that are going on in their lives. So really just taking a moment to um, be honest with yourself, to check in with your feelings and not what you think you should be feeling or think you should be doing. Yeah, yeah I had a similar situation with Jay. Like during, before quarantine and everything with school, I, was, I had a, um, a lot of weighted classes. So I would always have like my planner filled with like so many points that I need to do by the end of the day. And I would always, I'd just get so worked up and I'd have so many things going, like going through my head. And then with quarantine, I just realized that I have like a break, like I can just like stop and reflect like what I'm doing. And in the beginning of quarantine, I was like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? And like, I guess I've just been able to take a breather and just 
think like, oh, it's okay if I do nothing today. And I've actually, I don't know if it's just me becoming lazy, being okay with not doing anything, or maybe I just feel better because like, I feel like genuinely like happier than I was then with school. So I can't tell if it's just me being lazy or not, but I still, my mental health feels like great. <laughs> I, I will say this is amazing. This is an amazing conversation I wish I had <laughs> a while ago with myself. Um, LT is so right. It's not about competing and trying to be more productive. Uh, I want to say two things. What Jay was saying about bur about burnout and like the two choices you you said about like do I keep going and learn more? Um, you can't learn more if you're burnt out. Like if you actually are recognizing that you're feeling so low, you're not gonna you're not gonna retain what you learn. You're not gonna explore as much as you do you want to. The conversations you have and the people you meet and the opportunities that are put in front of you, you're not going to take advantage of them in the same way as if when you were thriving. And so you're really shooting yourself in the foot. And it's more of a negative perspective, but just know that if you're burnt out, you're not your best and whatever comes in front of you will not be its best. So um, feeling what Kaylin's feeling right now, which is like, it's not laziness. It's, it's this idea of you put so much work into external things. It, um, people also need to focus on what brings like internally, right? So working on yourself, whether that's time on yourself, um, we like to make schedules and to-do lists that are really full. We'll make sure some of those to-do lists are just for you, right? Some of those items are just for you because we often forget that. It's okay to have a busy to-do list, but make sure some of those items allow you to recharge and allow you to sort of do non-work related things. Um, so that's what I would add to it. And you guys are all spot on about it. And I know that like transitioning over from, you know, like finding things that we internalize and enjoy um, and also like the discussion of like majors and changes, um, I guess like for students who have recently graduated and like looking for the career paths and looking for, you know, like what they want to do for next big steps, like what are some things that we can discuss in terms of that? Because like I know LT, you were mentioning that you know, like sometimes like a lot of people change their careers like as they continue on during their paths and um, like having, I guess like, what are those conversations that like they may have internally that like make them maybe stay in a career that they're unhappy with, but they're staying there because it's, it's what they perceive as like, I don't know, I'm pausing right now and I'm like, that's kind of like a privileged perspective because some people are stuck in careers because of like various factors. True story. So my son, who just graduated from Cal State Northridge uh, University, just yesterday came downstairs. My husband and I were sitting at the table, you know, each on our own devices. And he came in and he said, you know, here's what I'm thinking about doing um, as he's sort of waiting for things to open up. Um, and, and so a position that he used to have at the YMCA um, I mean, he used to work at the YMCA, and so what he's going to do, he's actually writing a proposal to them for a new position. So he's taking this time to go back and say, hey, here's, here's what I see that you all may need. We don't know the outcome of that, but we were like, damn, that's pretty awesome. So it comes back, I can tie it to the previous conversation um, of having a lot of reflection time, and it's really difficult to think that clearly when you're burnt out. But um, he's had a lot of time off, like many of us. He actually had the whole semester off because, well, most of it, because he was only doing an internship for his last semester. And then that stopped because of Corona. So he wasn't even taking classes. So he's felt like he's needed to do stuff and get outside. And um, 
So, so I think it's a good example of number one, I think he was concerned about our reactions. Um, so it was really nice. Like we're like, okay, that's awesome. Um, but I think he felt like he thought we thought he was a bum, you know? (laughs) And so that's what going, just going back to like, just being proactive when, when possible with your communication was helpful. So we're like, Hey, Hey, that, that's, that's really great, you know? So again, it, that, that might not be possible for every situation. It's just an example of something that one could do. It, it just comes from thinking about what your strengths are and what you can offer to someone. And then my last point is someone meant, so one of my colleagues who works in career services says, you know, it, um, it's, it's often the case that students who are completing a degree in college are not their first job isn't necessarily tied to what they thought they were going to do. It's just that most of most folks are in that situation now. And so she said her, her advice is, is really the same is um, in other words, just keeping in mind that this next step won't be your last step. So it's like a mindset reframe, you know? Um, so some people have more op- options and more opportunities than others. Um, so, but just keep in mind, there's a longer game, you know, a longer, a longer road, I guess is maybe what I want to say, not necessarily a game. Wait, I just want to add that, that there, I love that. And I just want to point out that that exercise of almost writing your own job description, that'll come up later. But what I love about it is it shows that in order to do that well, you actually have to have some sort of knowledge or expertise about what you want to do, not just yourself. Like you have to reflect on yourself, but you also have to have knowledge about the content area and the field. So that just shows that um, LT Sun like knows so much about what he wants to do in the work that he can actually craft together something that he can add value to for this industry or this organization. That takes time. That takes commitment to get to that point. And if you can do that, you, that's, that's golden, I think, to be able to make that statement to an organization. The, the, the other component, to, the other side to that is uh, students saying, well, I'll just do anything. And, um, and I, I get that. I understand that sort of anxiety, that place of anxiety. But what we're encouraging you to do is think of like, what's unique to you? And you actually can sell yourself better by um, having some specifics and not just, I'll just do anything. Uh, so I just, I just wanted to throw that out there too. With your, everyone's unique and has unique contributions and you're not just built for one thing, um, but you are built for some specific things. And so being really, really truthful about that. I see that as a, as a hiring manager when someone sits across from me and says, I'm just, I'll, I'll, um, I'm just open, right? And you do want to show flexibility. You want to show flexibility, but you also want to show some kind of expertise, which is what Michael was just saying, that my son in particular has been playing at the YMCA. He was a coach a coach at the YMCA. So he knows that YMCA. That, 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 does that make sense? Like he's kind of an expert in the YMCA. And so that he's going to be more um, believable when he presents this. But I'll send you all a, a message to let you know how it all turned out. If nothing else, they'll be impressed. You know what I mean? And they'll give a great reference. I think that um, uh, one error, I call it an error, it's a bit harsh, but I think one thing I've seen that happens that I do as well, I did, I've done before, is when you are so broad and you're like, I'm open to anything, when you go to ask somebody for help or you ask them sort of for advice or ask for a role, they've, they're really trying to help you if they've accepted your conversation, so you want to do these info interviews, but you really got to help them out. If you like come in with like, I'm open to anything, I've, I've done these things, tell me what I should do, you're not going to get the answer you want. So come in with a perspective. The other thing is, um, 
even if it's not fully, you're not fully confident in that perspective, it's better to present a hypothesis as opposed to not present anything because um, you could be wrong, right? And they will they will talk about it. You'll talk through it. And so the goal shouldn't be to convince somebody that to like hire you. The goal should be that like um, you you want to put forth an, a hypothesis together, and maybe it's not a good match. Maybe maybe you find out that like that's not the right job for me, or that's not the right industry, or these people I don't want to work with. You know, this group of people. You need to know that. So it's not like trying to adapt yourself to every opportunity possible. You need to create some filters yourself and the only way you do that is to sort of do this exercise of figuring out like what's your perspective on it so 100 percent for students who like maybe like in the like younger range or like have recently graduated and they're kind of like starting to like go on these paths and then their mentality when they're just kind of like, I'm wasting my time doing this, or like, I this is just like a waste of time to like do X, Y, and Z. Um, like, reflection is like whatever, and like I can just go ahead and do what I like. Do what the next step is like based off of like societal pressures that um, have been created. So like, what are some things that like y'all would have suggestions for like anyone, Danny, Kayla, and Michael, LT, like? for those students that may be like stuck in this like mindset where it's like all oh, this is just a waste of time like i just need to do this this and this and just get it over with i have friends who get burnt out from time to time um yeah i mean part of it could also just be like working to avoid dealing with your emotions sometimes which i've heard is like a reason for being like a workaholic and then like other things are just like you think that you just have to be feeling like your energy levels are depleting in order to know that you're on the right track, which I don't think is always um, true. I think things that you're doing should be fulfilling and they should be energizing to you. Like, yes, you should work hard and at the end of the day be like, okay, I worked really hard. Like I'm ready to get some sleep and do it again tomorrow. But I guess burnt out is just being like kind of tired of it, like kind of detached from it. Um, yeah, just not being like as engaged with it or as present. And I think being present is being present internally, like Michael said. I think that's really powerful, like knowing what's going on inside as well. And like, is that like progressing? Because like things on the outside, like you might think you're moving things forward, but if on the inside you're not really moving forward, you're kind of stuck and stagnant and just burnt out. So it's, it's good to be aware of both sides. Yeah, I'll just add, um, I like that a lot. And I like um, to think about, don't be so harsh on yourself. <laughs> um, like any action, I think action is good. Like action for action's sake, like what LT was saying earlier is not good. But sometimes you just need to get the ball rolling a little bit, right? And so you need to be doing certain things, like as opposed to just sitting around actually doing nothing. Um, maybe you're doing some experiments or maybe you're having to work a different type of job, but you're doing something. First recognize that. And then I think thinking about like, in order to be successful in this, you need to set yourself up for success. It's not just about like thinking about what actions can I take in terms of what job or what I want to do, but it's also who do I need to like make friends with? Who do I need to reach out to? Who do I need to surround myself? Like there's so many components, right? And so it's not just like, oh, I got to send a job application in. That's not going to get you, you know, very far. It's like, who do I need to talk to to understand or who, who else in the company do I need to meet? Like there's all these other little actions that you can take. Um, so it's really intimidating. I understand that. Um, and sometimes it's luck, but you really do need somebody to like become your, your like almost like your mentor and your advisor. And because they are the people they're going to, you're going to come back to all the time. It probably isn't your parents because you don't want to talk about your, some of these things with your parents. So sometimes it's luck, 
but sometimes you got to make your own luck by putting yourself out there and seeking out people who might be willing to play that role for you in some way. And it takes a little bit of luck to find that person. But when you do, it's, it's really, really helpful. I just wanted to kind of expand a little bit on that, like what Danny and Michael were saying, like, it's kind of like a pre, like an investment in terms of like your career paths and everything. You're taking a little bit of time to build up a foundation for yourself. So like uh, my example in terms of like burning out, like if I didn't like take a little quick pause in terms of like reevaluating, like why am I so exhausted? What are things and tools that I can help in terms of like mitigating that exhaustion? I would still probably be like extremely tired, like probably grumpy and not learning a lot from these opportunities um, in comparison. And then in terms of like a lot of the introspective tools that Danny was mentioning as well, um, like it's very helpful in terms of like career paths. I think LT also touched upon this um, to think about like, am, am I like happy? Am I like fulfilled and satisfied like in this career path? And if not, it may be like a sign for you to be like, okay, time to move on to like a different path, time to find something that I'm enjoying right now, like currently in this point of time, like me, not like past me, not future me, like currently, what am I happy looking for? Um, so yeah, thanks everyone for that perspective. Rosebud and thorn, a rose is something beautiful, a thorn is a pain and a bud is something you're looking forward to. Um, so I guess I'll go start. Um, a rose this week was I got to um, like have a very long like FaceTime conversation with a high school friend that I haven't had um, contact with for a hot minute. So it was really good catching up and um, just enjoying like some like high school memories and making fun of each other because I don't know, it's fun teasing. Um, a bud is I'm starting classes in like a week or two. And so it's kind of exciting to um, I guess like stimulate my like brain like in like in that field as opposed to like everything else that's so like a different simulation um and then a thorn i guess would be i don't know i don't think i had a thorn this week okay a rose uh i, I did a volunteer thing on friday where we were delivering meals to seniors in san francisco and because they're very vulnerable right and um it was a rose because uh, this was a couple, like a friend of mine, her organization pivoted during COVID um, from, uh, they, they focus on elderly, elderly population, but immediately they mobilized to basically deliver uh, food, food services with nonprofits to um, senior citizens. And it was a rose because of the action, of course, and she get, got so many people to contribute. We delivered over 600 meals. Um, but it was also really nice to see organizations really change and like step up for people. Right. And so um, for her to be able to do that as a leader really fast, was just very inspiring. And so that was my rose and it just definitely made my week a lot better. Um, a bud, something I'm hopeful for. I actually have, a, a, I'm probably going to be starting soon a new role focusing on digital health um, for uh, students in the K-12 K to public system, thinking about behavioral health, especially with COVID um, and sort of mental health support. And I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited to start that project. Um, Thorn, there haven't been a lot, but I would say in the world we live in now, there's a lot of relationship things that happen. Like I live with a bunch of roommates. And so with COVID as, you know, rules and policies of a house or whatnot, you know, evolve with, you know, restrictions, having some tough conversations soon this week about all of that stuff. So it's a bit of a thorn to think about, but good practice and communication skills. 
arose, I guess, this week was that I got to hang out with my cousin and catch up with him. Since we're both juniors and we just finished AP testing, basically, we got to, like, rant about how it was and, like, all of the tests we took. Um, a bud. So, I mean, okay, this is kind of materialistic, but um, I ordered, like, stuff online, and so I guess I'm kind of, like, anxious, or, like, I'm excited to see, like, when it comes in. Like, hopefully it's, like, all good. And then a thorn would be that next week I have to take a makeup AP exam because of technical issues the last time I took it. So I have to start, I guess, refreshing my idea or refreshing or like just studying again. <laughs> but yeah. I'll start with my thorn. Uh, it's starting to get really hot here in Southern California. So it's supposed to be in the 90s today and I think it's going to get hotter. So that's not fun. Um, my bud is that um, two colleagues and I are co-editing an anthology or a collection of published works that's specifically looking at first-generation college students and their relationships with campus service workers, so the housekeeping staff, facilities, maintenance workers. And so those proposals are starting to come in, and it's just really exciting. We don't know how it's all going to turn out, but um, it's, it's just really interesting. And then I had two roses this week. One was my husband and I just uh, celebrated our 27th wedding anniversary. Really long time. Yes, I was a child bride. <laughs> I was kidding. Um, and then my, <laughs> my other rose is personal. So the 1975 is one of my favorite bands. And their new album just came out. And it is amazing. And I listened to it yesterday. Um, okay, so Rose would probably be this talk and also a conversation I had with my cousin earlier. He's actually going to join the military tomorrow. So, of course, when I heard that, I was alarmed. But then I was like, I talked with him for like over an hour. And like, he seems to have really thought about this for a long time. And this is like a big step that he's been wanting to take. So I am really happy for him. But his, this is a hard day for his family. Like his sister called me yesterday. Like everyone was like really emotional. So just like getting through that I guess initial part but overall like really happy for him and excited and then a bud will be I guess like um all the upcoming talks we have this week and also a duet my brother and I are working on on the piano so he's playing the guitar I'm playing the piano and we're both singing so <laughs> the sibling duet situation <laughs> so I'm excited for that and then a thorn let's see a thorn has just been not being able to go outside and hang out with friends as much. But I did get to go on a walk with my friend yesterday, so I want to keep that up. Like, It's like everything has to be planned now. I guess that would be a thorn. Like, You can't just have those spontaneous interactions anymore as much. Thank you, everyone, um, for taking your time to talk today um, and share um, ideas on um, how life isn't linear, per se, and the different aspects regarding that. Um, and until we speak again for our next podcast, have a great one. And that's all, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. To continue the conversation, check out the Steve Fund website for blog posts and summaries of our podcast. While you're there, feel free to also explore different programs, initiatives, and events that the Steve Fund has coming up. If you would like to leave any future topics or themes for us to discuss, or even a comment, feel free to email us at yv.stevefund.org. Thanks, and until you tune in again, be safe and be well.